Shalom Aleichem. This is a summary of the first Sikha of Parshas Kaidach and Lakut Sikha's Chelik Yud Gimel. This is a Rashi Sikha, a classical Rashi Sikha of the Rebbe, um, where the Rebbe explains the understanding and how to read the Rashi. And, uh, and uh, the Rebbe, over the years, ended up, he started doing this after his mother passed away in 1964. And the Rebbe did this over the next 25 years and has approximately 800 Rashi Sikhas. Not all of them are edited, of course. But this is a uh, classic work of the Rebbe, which explains what Ashi was saying and open our, opens our eyes to Pshutta to the simple reading of the text. As we are won't, as we are used to doing, we are simply going to learn the Psukim as as it comes clear from the Rebbe's talk in Rashi and uh, from the outset. And uh, if a person wants to go then look and see those words in Rashi, they'll find it themselves. How the, but this is the explanation of the Psukim as explained by the Rebbe. And essentially in this week's parasha, we learn how Koirach led a rebellion against Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron, saying that they took all the greatness for themselves and that they are better than everyone else, so to speak, that they're exalted above everyone else. And he said, everyone is holy. Why do you lift yourselves up above the congregation of Israel? And Kedach began the rebellion. And Kedach, who was from the tribe of Levi, from the family of Kahas, and the first people that he managed to string along with himself were members of the tribe of Reuven, who are right next to the camp. In the encampments, right next to Kahas is Reuven. So he, he got along Dasan, Dasan and Aviram, who, are, who were in general were known troublemakers, and Oin ben Pelas, Oin the son of Pelas. And the Pasuk went on and said that it was more than that. Then he got 250 leaders of the Sanhedrin, Rashi Sanhedrois, and Ruban Michel, Michel um, Reuven, like Rashi says. The majority of those were from the tribe of Reuven again. But he managed to get these 250 great leaders to join the rebellion. Till eventually, you'll find in verse 19, Pasukites, where it says that he got the entire congregation, Kirach got the entire congregation to congregate against Moshe Rabbeinu. And like Rashi says, Ad Kulam, he got the entirety of the Jewish people to be involved in this egregious sin, rebelling against Moshe Rabbeinu. And the story happened like it happens a few other times in the Torah where God tells Moshe and Aaron I am going to wipe out this congregation and they fall on their faces and this is where we focus on this Pasuk and the next and it says they fell on their faces Moshe and Aaron and they told they said God of who knows everyone's thoughts the thoughts of all flesh one man sins and you get angry at the entire congregation. What was Hashem's response? Hashem accepted their prayer and he tells Moshe, tell the congregation to remove themselves from the dwelling places of Kirach, Dosan, and Aviram, those three characters, that they are going to be killed with their households. And indeed, that's what happened. They were swallowed up alive. That is the episode. That is the story. And it's interesting. First of all, first of all, the pasuk. What's Moshe and Aaron's argument? They say only one man sinned. What do you mean? Everybody sinned. Everybody sinned. And there were many groups 
that uh, maybe who had more responsibility, but many people sinned. And furthermore, what is Hashem's response? He agrees with Moshe. But then he says, I'm going to kill the households of these three characters, Kedach, Dosan, and Aviram. Moshe was arguing that only one man sinned. One man sins and you, and you get this reaction. And Hashem responds, I'm going to kill three people. So to explain this, Rashi brings a moshal, a parable, an illustration of a king who has a, a, a rebellion under, underhand, underway. And, but the thing is, many times when there's chaos in the streets and there's looting and there's destruction happening and uh, there's disorder and there's even a rebellion underway, it's not always so simple to say that everyone is bad and everyone is evil. Obviously, there's degrees. Now, everyone, of course, is personally responsible for their actions. But what is the real sin of most people? So the sin of many of the people in the crowd could very well be the sin is that they're an empty shell. The sin is that they don't have an opinion. The sin is that they're followers, not leaders. That is their sin. The sin is that they are open and exposed as individuals to be seduced and to be convinced of any foolish ideology or rebellion. And that is their real sin because once they're open and susceptible, then they're an empty shell. Anything you put in it, it will be the sin. And therefore, it's not really that they're rebelling against the king. That's not really their sin. They're just corrupt people. But then they are the instigators, the insiders. And those people are the ones who are really responsible. Like we said before, everyone, of course, is personally responsible ultimately. But in terms of severity of the sin, some people are more responsible in terms of the severity because some people's actual sin is rebelling against the king. That They have an ideological idea of rebelling against the king versus the other people are merely sinning by being corrupt, by being empty, by being a shell. And indeed, when Mashiach comes, it says that Mashiach is going to judge by the sense of smell. And what that means is that he's going to be able to detect what the reasons were. Why did the person sin in the first place? What led them to sin? And he's going to understand the reasons that brought the person to that moment, that they felt so desperate, that they felt that they needed to sin or whatever other explanation we would give. And that somehow mitigates and uh, and helps with the sin. But a normal Besden, of course, a normal court can't deal with that with motivation and degrees because we only see what our eye sees and we have to accept that at face value. So when a king faces a rebellion, even a righteous king, a beautiful king, he can't sit there and make the distinctions of who are the instigators and who are the followers because it's very hard to know. It's very hard to know. It's very hard to dissect and really figure that out. It's impossible. And Moshe Rabbeinu felt in this scenario, and therefore, I'm sorry, therefore the king would, go, anyone who rebels against him, he would, he would treat equally. Moshe Rabbeinu tells Hashem, you know the thoughts of man, so you know who's the real ins- insider, instigator, and who is merely an empty shell. And he came to the conclusion, Moshe, that there was only one person who was the real Russia in the story. And that would be Kairach. Everyone else should not be held responsible and therefore Hashem should not respond in the way that he was responding. To which God Almighty responded, Hashem replied, that actually, Moshe, I accept your argument, beautiful argument, and I accept it. 
it's a good point and I'm going to go with it and I accept that and I'm happy you made it. Um, however, you're making one mistake. There's actually not one instigator. It's not one person who's really rebelling against you, against Moshe. It's actually Kaidach, Dosan, and Aviram. All three of them are actually uh, to that degree of being guilty and deserve to die. And that is the story that plays itself out in this conversation and this discussion. And the Rebbe learns a very, very powerful lesson from this. Earlier in this week's, in the, in the Torah portion, when Hamayish is trying to have a dialogue with Dasan and Aviram, they were very chutzpidik. They were very nasty and disgusting to Moshe. And, they, and when Moshe tried summoning them and saying, I want to talk with you, they refused to come. And then Moshe wanted to make peace. He came to their actual tent and they refused to leave their tent. And they said that even if you poke our eyes out, we are not going to come out of the tent. You're a terrible person. They were really, really low, nasty, disgusting, personal. But yet, what do we see? What do we see? Moshe Rabbeinu still, and it says Moshe was very angry at them. But what do we see in the end of the day when he was arguing with God? Moshe Rabbeinu really believed that the only one responsible was Kedach. That even though these people were so wicked, he saw it all merely as a hashpa, as an outcome of the them learning from Kedach and, and being brainwashed by Kedach. And he saw Kedach as the culprit. And we see the power of being Dan Lekavschus, that we should always judge our friend favorably. And no matter how it looks, always, no matter what, judge them favorably and see the positive and refuse to accept the narrative that the person is really responsible. And then once you have that attitude, you're going to do everything in your power to bring that person back to the good, proper, righteous path.